0: everybody and welcome back to DW Sports. I am your host Will Feller and we're talking about two topics today, two special topics I should say. First one, obviously Game 6 of the NBA Finals is today. Game 6 Clay, which I'm going to be talking about that because I think that the Game 6 Clay narrative is just false there's no such thing as game six clay y'all can say whatever you want but I do not think it's true but we're going to be talking about game six and then there's going to be a special topic and it's going to be right off of first take not a topic they discussed today but Stephen A. Smith who is my favorite sports analyst said something today about a Steph Curry wins another ring He's going to take Stephen Curry off the NBA. Or I'm sorry, he's going to take Wilt Chamberlain off his top 10 all time list and replace him with Stephen Curry. It got me pretty heated. So we're going to be discussing that today. Why I think that that is just the worst take I've ever heard. If you're not following our social medias, though, make sure you're doing that first and foremost, our Instagram and Twitter. Is at DW Sports two S's on the end. Our Snapchat and TikTok is at DW underscore sports, and our email is dw sports Show at gmail.com. If you guys have any comments, questions, or concerns. First up is gonna be game six, though, in Boston. Boston has played really well at home so far. They kind of choked in Golden State. I thought they we're playing really good defense on Curry at first because Stephen Curry found ways to impact the game that was not shooting the ball. Everybody likes to talk about Steph Curry. Oh, he went 0 of 9 from three-point range. He's That's the worst he's ever performed. How did the Warriors still win? It's because Stephen Curry found a way to impact the basketball game without shooting the basketball. And that's super, super important in a basketball game. An important stat to remember tonight, though, is Stephen Curry, last time he shot zero for whatever from the three-point line. Last time he didn't make a three back in 2018, he made 13 threes the next game. So that is something to keep in mind. If Curry even has a performance anywhere like that, if he hits eight or more threes, I think it's over for the Celtics. I think the Warriors are walking home with another championship back to the Bay area and Boston fans are going out sad tonight. If that happens, listen, that defense on Stephen Curry, it kind of slowed him down, but like JJ Reddick said on first take as well, like if you're a shooter, you just miss shots. All nine shots that Curry took last game were not contested. He missed three or four open makeable shots that he just didn't hit. And it, it happens sometimes. It's happened with Klay Thompson. It's happened with Reggie Miller, Ray Allen, Steph Curry, J.J. Reddick, you know, Kyle Corver, all those great shooters. It's happened to him before. Sometimes you just miss, but they got to find a way to bounce back on defense tonight. Um, on making him find ways to not impact the basketball game, not only shooting wise, but you can't give them the drive and kick. You got to literally try to neutralize them, which you can't if it's Steph Curry, like LeBron, Kevin Durant, Stephen Curry, Giannis, Luca, all the great players in today's game. You can't just shut them down. It's impossible. Almost impossible. If you're going to leave somebody open though, Steve Kerr has a really good game plan because it it gets me thinking about that. You know, you can always double team Curry when he tries to drive and leave their worst player wide open. But Steve Kerr always has his bigs in position for an offensive rebound. Or if a double team does come, Curry can make a pass to the big guy down low. The Warriors have shooters all around, really. Curry can hit the three. Clay Thompson can hit the three. Wiggs can hit the three. Poole can hit the three. So all the guards that are on the floor, Draymond even can hit a three if he wants to. He hasn't been lately. I know he's played like garbage lately. But if he wants to hit a three, like he'll fire him and he'll hit him sometimes. So Draymond can hit a three as well. The only person that really can't hit a three on the Warriors, I would say, is Kevon Looney. But he's never on the perimeter, which is part of Steve Kerr's game plan. And that's why his game plan is so good. Like Steve Kerr is a great coach. Played with Michael Jordan. Won championships there. He knows What championship mentality is. He knows how to win games. He knows how to win championships. And I think he's the second best coach in the NBA, right behind Greg Popovich. You can argue Spolstra. You can argue, I don't even know who you could argue these days. Spolstra. Some people may even argue Doc Rivers, but I think Steve Curry is the second best coach in the NBA, right behind Pop. So the Warriors, are looking to end it tonight, and I hope they do because I don't want Boston to win another championship. I am one of those fans that not many people are like, I want the dynasty to continue because I want to be able to grow up and tell my kids and my kids' friends, just like my parents told me with the Chicago Bulls and my great well – not my great-grandparents, but my grandparents, that I watched the Chicago Bulls fully – with Jordan, I saw him win their six championships. It was mainly my grandparents, not my parents. My parents were a little young, but I want to tell my kids that I saw the Golden State Warriors and Stephen Curry in that dynasty win championships from 2015, all the way into 2022, at least if they even win and it possibly longer It really just depends on how Boston is going to play offensively. They're a great defensive team. Marcus Smart gets in there. Al Horford and Robert Williams are obviously great defenders. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are decent perimeter defenders. They can add a little bit. But the biggest factor I think it comes down to tonight is who's going to play with the most energy. Energy is one of the, if not the, most important factor in sports when i played you would be surprised at the results of my games whenever my team i was playing on didn't bring energy we were coming out slacking we didn't look like we were ready to play we were tired if it was early whatever we didn't bring the energy we lost and if we did bring the energy, we won more times than we lost. If we brought a lot of energy and lost, it was probably because the team we played was just better than us. Um, Northside Spartans, this shirt, if you can see it. If, I, if you're listening to the audio version, I'm basically repping a hoodie or I guess a long sleeve shirt with the hood, if that if that what you call it. It's not necessarily a hoodie because the material isn't like a hoodie, but it's a long sleeve shirt with the hood on it, and it has my AAU team, my previous AAU team, Northside Spartans. And I saw it a lot with that team. If we brought energy, we win more times than we lose. And if we don't bring energy, we lose. Who's gonna bring more energy, the Celtics or the Warriors? It all comes down to is Boston gonna come out and say, oh crap, we don't wanna lose in front of our home fans. We want to win a championship. We want to end these boys. We want to show that these veterans like Curry and Clay and Draymond aren't comfortable with having a 3-2 lead over Tatum, Brown, Marcus Smart, and all of those young bucks on the Celtics. Or are the Warriors going to come out and say, all right, we're ending this thing right now. We're not going back to San Francisco. We want to celebrate right now. We want to get done with this season. And we're gonna win another championship. And who's gonna play harder? Who's gonna bring more energy? I think it will be the Celtics tonight. The Celtics playing in front of their home crowd is awesome. They never fail to let anybody down in their home crowd. Their crowd can get a little bit uh e they can get a little rowdy sometimes, I should say is the best word to describe it. There's just sometimes e they're just. They just yell some things at players sometimes. They got voted the most racist sports town in America multiple times, and there can be some incidents in Boston, especially when it's an elimination game for the Celtics, down 3-2. Fans are going to do whatever they can to get in the Warriors players' heads, which is not a good sign. I think that there will be a fight that breaks out tonight, probably with Draymond Green, obviously, most likely Draymond. I can't see Curry or Clay getting in a fight or – any of those other guys, most likely Draymond, will get in a fight tonight with a Celtic player, not with a fan, nothing like Malice at the Palace or anything like that. But I do think the Celtics win tonight. The Warriors go back in San Francisco and win in seven games. And the reason, the sole reason I think the Celtics are going to win tonight is because, one, they're going to play with more energy, so I guess two reasons. But the second reason is I don't think they're going to lose three straight games to end their season. That is a lot to do, especially in the NBA finals when you have two teams that in that season are respectively the two best teams in their conference, right? Two great basketball teams. It doesn't happen very often that one team loses three straight games. And I know there's been sweeps in the finals. There's been teams that have lost three straight, like the Warriors in 2016, where they choked that lead to LeBron and the Cavs. It's happened before, but I don't see that with the Celtics. Like, this is a chance to cement some of their legacies. All you need is one championship, really. You don't even need a championship to cement your legacy, but it helps a lot. Think about it. if Allen Iverson had a championship, If Steve Nash had a championship, like their legacies would be way better than what it is right now because they have that one ring. So Tatum, Brown, Smart, all those guys can really start building up their all-time greatness if they win this finals, and they know that, and that's why they're going to play hard. So Celtics win tonight in the TD Garden. Warriors come back at the Chase Center game seven beat the Boston Celtics. I do think Curry will hit at least five threes tonight. I think this game will be pretty close because if it's not, I, this this finals has been horrible. If it's just all double-digit games all the time, you know what I'm saying? Like, come on, man. Please just give me a wire-to-wire wire game until the end of the fourth quarter until it comes down to one possession. That's the me a final basketball I wouldn't watch. I mean, let's be honest, I think anybody wants to watch that, too. It's just no double-digit games anymore, man. In these past two games, just please make the game single digits. That's all I'm asking for. But like I said, Boston, I think we'll come out with more energy tonight and win game six. We're going to switch to our next topic about Stephen A's comments of Wilt Chamberlain. I'll be right back to talk about that in a second. See you guys in a a few seconds. All right, we are back on DW Sports talking about a very unusual topic, I should say, because we don't really talk about other analysts' takes sometimes. And I did say in the beginning of the show that Stephen A. Smith is my favorite analyst because he's really funny. He will come at you if he thinks that your take is wrong. And that's really what I like about him. And I usually agree with most of his takes, honestly. Like, I seriously do. But the take that he said today was just horrendous. And I will say, just like Stephen A would say, that is just blasphemous, okay? That is blasphemous. That take that he said today was blasphemous. Wilt Chamberlain being taken off the top 10 all-time list and Stephen Curry replaces him. Seriously? No, 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 no. That is not okay. And he even said in the show that this take is probably going to be blasphemous. I don't know why he said it then. Like he knows that he's going to get hated for that take. That's not a good take at all. What is your guys' problem with Wilt Chamberlain? Everybody seems to underrate this dude. I have Wilt Chamberlain fourth all time. I said it. I have him better than Magic Johnson. I have him better than Larry Bird. I have him better than Bill Russell. I have him better than Kobe. I have him better than Hakeem, Shaq, all those guys. I have Wilt Chamberlain better than. Come at me. The only three people I do not have Wilt Chamberlain better than is Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. That's it. Those are the only three players in 75 years of NBA history I have better than Wilt Chamberlain. And you're wondering why, why do you have those three better than Wilt Chamberlain? The sole reason I have those three better than Wilt Chamberlain, they are a lot better winner than he was. Michael Jordan, LeBron and Kareem did whatever it takes to win NBA championships. Wilt has two rings And that's his biggest knock. Why does he only have two rings? Because Bill Russell has 11, but I don't think he's better than Bill Russell. You guys are forgetting one thing. Will Chamberlain played on significantly smaller markets teams and worse teams than Bill Russell played on. Significantly. Chamberlain has a 4-8 record against Bill Russell in the finals. And – I know that you're saying, well, doesn't that mean Bill Russell dominate them? No. Think about the all-time greats the Celtics had back in Bill Russell's days, right? Havlicek, Kuzi, Bill Russell. I mean, I could go on and on. And I was thinking about a comparison earlier this day with – what do I compare? Bill Russell's Celtics to compared to Wilt Chamberlain's teams, specifically the Philadelphia Warriors when they matched up in the finals, or the San Francisco Warriors, I should say. He played for both, but the San Francisco Warriors will say, two thousand one NBA Finals. You guys remember the two teams that were in the finals that year, right? The LA Lakers, Kobe, Shaq. They won the finals the year before. They three-peated, so they won in 2000 against the Pacers, and the, they won against the uh, Sixers. And then I, I don't know who they won against in 02. I forget, but they three-peated. My point is, 2001, they were going up against Allen Iverson's Philadelphia 76ers. Without looking it up, try to name one player besides Allen Iverson on the 2001 Philadelphia 76ers. That team was all oh, 100% Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson took a team to the NBA Finals that if he was not on, they would have been the worst team in the league. I'm being I'm being dead serious. If Iverson was not on that team, the Sixers would have been one of the, I won't say the worst, one of the worst teams in basketball. And that's how I can kind of compare Chamberlain and Russell. Like Bill Russell's teams were significantly better than Wilt Chamberlain's were. Bill Russell was a better defensive player than Wilt Chamberlain was. And they also didn't count blocks or steals back then. So for your argument for Hakeem Lajuwan is in top 10 and Wilt isn't, most likely Stephen A. I don't know his top 10 list, but I'm assuming if Chamberlain comes off, but if if Curry wins, I assume he has Hakeem Olajuwon on there. Hakeem Olajuwon most likely doesn't have as many blocks and steals as Wilt Chamberlain. They didn't count that back then when Chamberlain played. It wasn't a stat. It was only points, rebounds, assists, and then free throw percentage like from the field and then field goal percentage. That's all they counted back then, so Chamberlain didn't even have a fair shot of being in the block leader argument or the assist. Or I'm sorry, not the assist, the steal leader argument. He wouldn't have gotten the steals, but he did get a lot of steals. He got a fair share of steals. My one, and and I guess if I were to say, my second argument against Wilt Chamberlain is because he were sometimes he was sometimes guarded by guys that was significantly shorter than him he was seven one he would be guarded by guys that were like six nine six ten but that's not that, that's besides the point what is he supposed to do right i can't control when i'm born you guys listening you guys can't control when you're born well chamberlain couldn't control when he was born y'all he was born when he was born so does that mean that because he played in the '60s and early '70s, he's what he's just not supposed to try, because he knew that in 60 years, everyone said, like, "Oh well, he played against plumbers and janitors." So what he's supposed to do? Just not try. He can't control who he's playing against. He's got to go and he's got to destroy the competition. That's what you're taught to do, and that's what he did. This dude averaged 50 one season. This dude averaged 31 rebounds in a final series. But it's because he played in the 60s, so it shouldn't count, right? Like, why does that make any sense? Why does that make any sense at all? You can't take that away from him because he played in the 60s. My biggest argument in sports is that you can't erase history. That is my argument for Any type of sports argument, football, basketball, you know, the Lions, sorry, in football. But were the Lions good before the Super Bowl era? Yeah, they've won NFL championships before. You can't take that away from the Detroit Lions because you can't erase history. In 60 years. With that logic, that means that we're saying that LeBron James in 60 years is irrelevant. LeBron James in 2022, so LeBron James in 2082 will be nothing. He may be top 10 all time, but he played 60 years ago, so it shouldn't count. Like, you see how stupid you guys sound. And also, I found something interesting. I didn't find it. I actually thought about it in my head. The top four I have all time, they're all they kind of all flow in a line. And what I mean by this is out of those four players, so Jordan, LeBron, Kareem, and Wilt, Wilt came first. He played in the 60s and early 70s. And by the time that Wilt Chamberlain was kind of washed and retired, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was young. Okay. Well, Kareem and Wilt played in the league together. Kareem was young with Milwaukee. Won a championship in 71 with the Bucks, And uh, Wilt Chamberlain was old. Okay, so what does that have to do with anything? Well, now we fast forward Kareem's career. By the time Kareem is washed and kind of old for the Lakers, Michael Jordan was starting to get at the peak of his career. I think Kareem and Michael Jordan played eight times. If I remember correctly, I think they played eight times in their career. And Michael Jordan was starting to get at his peak when Kareem was starting to get washed. Kareem started to get at his, his peak when wilt was kind of washed. Michael Jordan retired from basketball. Finally. It's like, dear God, dude, when are you going to actually retire? Dude, dude retired in 94, 95. It was the, he, they won a championship 91, 92, 93. He retired that next season. So the 94 season, I guess. Then he retired in 98. Then he retired in 03 for the Wizards. The same year, or the year after Michael Jordan retired, LeBron James came into the league. So they they never played together. It was the year after Jordan retired, LeBron entered the league. And I'm not trying to sit up here and say that in the next few years when LeBron retires, we're going to have a top five greatest player of all time. That's not what I'm saying. But I just found that kind of interesting that it's like my top four, it's like consistently is bouncing off each other's careers. But that was just horrible, Stephen A. And why should... You not put Steph Curry in the top 10? I'm not arguing you shouldn't put Steph Curry in the top 10. In fact, if he wins a championship, I think he should be top 10 all the time. But you should not take off Wilt Chamberlain. You should not take off Wilt Chamberlain. If you take Wilt Chamberlain off top five, then I respect that. Although I don't know why you would replace Curry in the top five. But if, if you don't have Wilt Chamberlain top five all time, I can respect that. I don't agree with it, but I can respect it. But if you take him at the top 10, you're just wrong. You're just wrong. Because what is he supposed to do? Not try? Like, come on now. Russell was on so many better teams, won 11 rings. That's fine. Chamberlain got his two rings with teams that were not the best team in the league and got up out of there. So that's my argument to you, Stephen A. I don't know why you would replace Wilt Chamberlain if you were to replace anybody with Steph Curry off the top ten. I actually got to think about this, because if he's going to move into my top ten, somebody's got to come off. In my top ten, I got Jordan, LeBron, Kareem, Wilt, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Shaq, Tim Duncan, and then, yeah, I'd say Bill Russell, and I'd say Hakeem Olajuwon. I'm probably missing somebody that I've thought of before. I would have to replace – yeah, I would would probably have to replace Hakeem with Steph Curry, I would probably have to replace Hakeem Olajuwon, you know. Hakeem was great, okay? Hakeem Olajuwon was a great player with his dream shake. It was nasty. He won two rings, just like Wilt Chamberlain with the Houston Rockets. It was between the years Jordan retired, though. Michael Jordan never retired. Hakeem Olajuwon's not getting those rings. Michael Jordan's winning eight straight, and I don't think there's any debate on who the greatest player of all time is. So I'm going to take off Hakeem. I know that he was phenomenal on both ends of the floor, but you got Duncan with five of them boys for the Spurs. Yeah, I mean, I know rings aren't everything because if they were, then hey, Bill Russell's the go. I know they're not everything, but rings really do matter because it shows how much of a winner you are. And I think that that takes into account of part of the GOAT debate, or at least some list where you're ranking players. I don't think Ekeem would have a ring if Jordan ever retired, which is why he would be coming off. Duncan, like I said, has five rings. Larry and Magic are obviously Larry and Magic. They were the greatest sports rivalry of the 1980s. Kareem has his rings, NBA leading scorer. Right, Will, I just talked about, Bill Russell has 11 rings and was great defensively. And then LeBron and MJ, man, is probably the most heated, heated sports debate currently right now. When you talk about the GOAT in football, you're going to get a lot of people. I would probably say about 85% of people in the NFL would say Tom Brady's the GOAT. Then you're going to have some people that are like Rodgers or... Um, I don't know. I've heard some people say like Jim Brown. I don't, some people are just out there with their good debate baseball. It's not really a heated debate because there it's not between a few guys, if that makes sense, like baseball, you could say five or six different players. And it's like, okay, fair. Like you could say, babe, Ruth, you could say Hank Aaron, right you could say all those old-time guys you could say mickey mantle all those old-time guys right and then um barry bonds is, he's not even in the hall of fame because of a steroid issue but some people say barry bonds is the goat and then soccer oh soccer is pretty i mean you got Messi, ronaldo and soccer really and pele's in there but i think because lebron is so close to coming up to Jordan. I think that that is the reason why it's so heated, especially because America is a lot more basketball focused than soccer focused. You're in Europe, oh my Lord, they debate they debate Messi and Ronaldo every day. like that's just part of their daily lives and they get heated over it too. Like it's it's bad in European days, man. Not you well not European days, but I guess the days in Europe. Got that backwards, but nobody debates LeBron or MJ in Europe unless they're huge NBA fans. America, that's probably the hottest debate right now. I say Jordan. Most people say LeBron. And honestly, I sometimes don't even have the energy to argue because there's so many elements that go into my Jordan go debate argument that it wears me out. But looks like we're coming up on 30 minutes. Game six tonight. Oh, I forgot to mention Game 6, Clay. I'm not going to say anything briefly about it. I'm really just going to say one statement. Game 6, Clay, isn't a thing, y'all. Okay? Clay's career average stats are within, like, one of everything in his Game 6 stats. What that means is, like, his Game 6, Clay stats are within 1.1 assist, 1 rebound, 1% field goal. Like, it's all super close to his career average. So, there's nothing... Really, a game six. He just has good games during game six, but that's really all I know. I'd be made this bucket become an every show thing. It probably is going to become an every show thing at this point. If you're listening on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Google Podcast, Castbox, wherever you're listening to DW Sports on, I seriously appreciate you coming out. I'll see you guys in the next episode. Stephen A, please don't say any more blasphemous things like that because don't don't make me not become your favorite analyst anymore, bro. Not that it means anything to you, but come on, bro. Don't don't say anything like that again. I'll see you guys Saturday, Saturday episode. It could be off-season stuff, man. We could talk about IU again or we could be talking about Game 7 preview. All depends on what happens tonight. See you guys on Saturday. Thank you guys for coming out. I appreciate each and every one of you. I'm Will from DW Sports. Peace out.